0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Sick of being upsold at gyms. hi and welcome back to week two yay we did it i came back hooray so ah, i have to stop saying so so much but i love saying so so much because then i say it so 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 much oh no no welcome back everybody to Who Did What Now, the history podcast with me, your host, Katie Charlwood, gin drinker and reader of books. Disclaimer, this is not your history class. For instance, I was going to call this the fuck word history show, but I, I, I was, my mother said no. <laughs> so we're moving back in time a little bit from last week. We spoke about the 1917 Miss World contest and now we're going back to the 50s and, and 60s it's fine i mean it's gonna go up to the 80s but shh, we're starting in the 50s it doesn't matter with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of my favourite, favourite people in history, Grace Kelly, Princess of Monaco. You probably have a perception of what you think Grace Kelly was like. Let me tell you, that perception was wrong. Fucking wrong. I'm so happy. I love Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly, oh... Grace Kelly lived her life the way any of us would if we were Grace Kelly. Oh, the beauty, the confidence, and, allegedly, the ability to have multiple orgasms through penetration. Which we'd explain a lot later on. Just, just you wait. Grace Kelly was the daughter of John Brendan Kelly, and if he was an Irish immigrant or his parents were Irish immigrants, somebody was an Irish immigrant. Whatever. They ended up having a a building company because Ireland... Effectively, what happened is all the Irish people fled Ireland, moved to different countries and built everything for everybody else. So being Irish, very Catholic. Grace Kelly grew up a strict Catholic, you know, except for the banging her way through Hollywood situation. And she attended mass regularly. Just keep that in your mind. So surprise, surprise. Kelly John Brendan Kelly was an arse. Her father was yet yeah, the business. He was he was quite wealthy. Some might say flush. Others might say her uncle George was a playwright, and uh, she spent a lot of time with him because her her dad wasn't really that keen on her existence in general. Her dad was uh, a womanizer. You know, a man. I know what you're saying. A man, in the twenties and thirties. What? No, shock, gasp. And he made sure that they had a very strict Catholic upbringing. I'm nailing this point home, not quite nailing it on the cross. I'm gonna. I'm going to hell for that one. This is the funny thing. He didn't think that his daughter, Grace, was his prettiest daughter. Grace Kelly. Who looks what you would imagine a beautiful person to look like if you were to imagine a beautiful person? You'd think Grace Kelly. <laughs> and to add insult to injury, her dad said that acting was a slim cut above street walking. Good on you there, John Brendan. No worries. That's uh that's some positive positive reinforcement there for your girl. No worries. So- she wanted to go to New York uh, to be an actress. And he's like, mm, fine, what you're seeing in the Barbizon Hotel. So the Barbizon Hotel for women was very strict. If you've ever seen Ancient Carter, I don't know if they do that one or they have something that's similar. But, um, and that's where Peggy Carter stays in the Agent Carter TV show. <laughs> something too like that. So the Barbizon Hotel, that's where sort of everybody stayed. Everyone stayed there, so Ali McGraw, uh, Candice Bergen, Liza Minnelli, and just everybody. Everybody stayed there, because it was where respectful ladies stayed. So the bar was an hotel, it, it was very much, like, no men above the first floor, there was a code of conduct, there was a fucking dress code. But Grace had to get her goods going, and goods going they did. So when she was 19, she had a Jewish boyfriend. So naturally, her mother, Mrs. Kelly, assumed that he was going to defile her daughter. Oh, honey, no. No, no, she was. So naturally, Mrs. Kelly's digging around in his suitcase and finds condoms. In there, and she throws an absolute shit fit. And what does Gracie do? She goes straight to New York, goes to his apartment and bangs him. The Shah of Iran was in love with Grace and her magical vagina and, she, and he begged her to marry him and he even gave her some sweet, sweet jewellery to sweeten the deal and uh, she noped out of that one. But she kept the jewellery anyway because damn right. Sir, do not offer someone a gift A, if it has conditions and B, if you're going to demand it back if things go sour. Not cool. The aforementioned Jewish boyfriend of the Condom Saga, cloaked that the, frankly, fabulous emerald bracelet that Grace was wearing was one that Ali Khan gifted to his lovers. And so he laid her out of there. And Grace was like, "Um, bye-bye. I mean, she was probably classier than that. I'm thinking, I wish you luck on your future endeavors. Fun fact, Grace uh, never actually got on with Gary Cooper or Cary Grant. Good for her. I mean, she did cause a bit of an uproar because she did do a lot of her co-stars, including Clark Cable and Mugambo when she was... After that, she, she was shagging William Holden, who was married, and Grace, who... Grace was very Catholic, you know, and even with all of her extracurriculars, she never actually missed Mass. Which, I, I that's just skill at that point. Anyway, so she's screwing William Holden. And Holden's wife was Protestant. And Grace thought was that he could just chuck the wife and marry her instead. Holden, however, did not agree. Because as far as um, Grace was concerned, like, in the eyes of God, you know, you're not really married because you're married a Protestant and I'm Catholic. Yadda yada, yadda. Yada. Whatever. And next, Ray Milland, uh, in Dial M for Murder, this uh, whew, this almost destroyed her career because Mrs. Milland was a good buddy of Hedda Hopper. So, Hedda Hopper was the gossip columnist of like the forties and fifties. She was it. She could make or break a career, and she <laughs> she publicly roasted Grace for getting it on with. Ray. Oh, and then after that, there was the, the sitch with Ben Crosby. Ugh. And he wanted to marry her, but she just wanted the ride, you know? Yes, after that, there was Ola Cassini, and he proposed to the effervescent Grace. But her good Catholic parents shut that down. There was a new way that their girl was marrying someone twice divorced because of sacrilege and shit. During this time, during the time she's engaged to him, uh, he confessed like years later that she had had an abortion during that time. I mean, there's no way to confirm or deny it, but maybe she did. Who knows? And also, good for her. Your body, your choice, you look after yourself. So in 1955... Uh, She wins an Oscar for The Country Girl and she was up against Judy Garland. Now, the legend goes that Grace was enjoying a, a lovely evening with Marlon Brando and Judy Garland phones her, screaming down the phone, calling her a bitch and saying that Grace stole the Oscar from her. And then at some point, I don't know whether this was before or after that, But Judy Garland was asked if Grace Kelly was a nymphomaniac. And her response was, If you could calm her down. That's fucking savage, Judy. So, back to the men. Grace had an affair with Jean-Pierre Aumont. He proposed, and he was Jewish, and parents vetoed that. And then, Prince Rainier III of Monaco bursts into the scene. And this dude just really wanted to marry a beautiful American starlet. I mean, first of all, there's all the inbreeding in European royalty. So, you know, I get it. But secondly, think of the stamps. Such a lovely profile. And and thirdly, the Grimaldis are a petty, petty bunch. The Grimaldi is the royal family moniker, in case you're wondering. Initially... Rainier wanted to marry Marilyn Monroe, but she was deemed unsuitable for a myriad of reasons. So here's the thing. Courting is weird. There's chaperones and other nonsense to be followed. And so they barely saw each other before they got married. So technically, the courtship lasted a year. But they didn't really see each other for more than... Before they could get the marriage going, the Grimaldi family again, the Royal Family of Monaco, sent a doctor over to Grace to make sure she could conceive. Because, you know, you got to keep those bloodlines going, just as Henry really hates. So Grace was so worried that the doctor would discover that she had been, you know, deflowered several times over, that when she was being examined, she told the doctor that she had actually busted her hymen playing field hockey. Whether he bought it or whether he just wanted an easy life, I don't know. Either way, grand. So Monaco, a fledgling country, expected a dowry. So they wanted a $2 million dowry, which they referred to as substantial. Uh, Her father, John John Brendan, he was like, fuck. So he did eventually pay it because royalty I mean, he wasn't happy about it, but he was a dick, so it doesn't matter. Also, Grace had to sign over custody of any future children they had, if they ever got divorced. Because, you know, Gormaldi's are asshats. Two weeks after the official announcement of their engagement, the Los Angeles Herald Examiner published the first of a ten-part series entitled My Daughter, Grace Kelly, Her Life and Romances. By Mrs. John B. Kelly. So, this was basically circulated to Harris newspapers all across the country, and Grace's mother produced a stream of revelations regarding all the men in her life. So, this was at the point where even, even Prince Rainier said that, like, how could her own mother do that? Like, come on. So, when she had to travel over, so they had to travel over to Monaco and you went know, by. Boat, and it became a very big thing so before the wedding happens all of this her, his family are basically stressing her out to the point that she just starts losing weight she is freaking out she's I think she's chain smoking I can't remember if that's if I've just imagined her chain smoking or whether she's actually chain smoking but I guess we'll figure out at the time when she was getting engaged Grace Kelly was still under contract to MGM they were pissed off because, as a royal, she wouldn't be working anymore. You yeah. know, she was a, a money ticket. She'd won an Oscar. She was, again, one of the most beautiful people to ever have existed, ever. In the end, MGM actually stage-managed the wedding, which is uh, fair enough, you know. As a royal, you're expected to produce heirs, but uh she got on that right away. Right out of the gate, she got pregnant on her honeymoon yeah and she used a bag to cover up the bump for a long time, which is why it's actually a thing now there's like a Grace Kelly bag or the Grace bag or and the whole point is like it's designed to hide a baby bump, so you know they're married, and it turns out marrying someone you don't really know isn't the you you know the best idea I mean maybe spend a week or more with someone before getting betrothed it's you know just saying. so Prince Rainier was. How do I put this? What's the term? A moody bastard. right? He once smashed, nay, shattered a glass when Grace cut her hair short without consulting him. <laughs> Mate, fuck you. Oh, and he would storm off and ignore her and or go to sleep. That was how he felt. Finished a fight. That was how he avoided fights. That was his signal. I don't know if you've ever been ignored after a fight or in the middle of a fight. Or what should be the middle of a fight. And they just ignore you. Like, wow. How little do you mean to them if they will not acknowledge you? That's fucking, that's some manipulative bullshit and I'm fucking sick. I hate it so much. But, no, nope, I'm going to get angry. No. So, Grace just throws herself into parenting, raising her kids full-on mother time. Uh, Here's the thing, I don't understand why he could be such a shitty human, when if it wasn't for Grace Kelly, he would be fucked. So, Grace Kelly effectively, single-handedly, saved Monaco from imploding. It was nearly bankrupt, hence the need for a dowry, and it was about to get annexed by France. Boom, Grace arrives and flipped everything around. That was how So Monaco became the place to be. It became, you know, a gambling paradise. It was for, you know, the elite. And this happened because it was the only way to save it, effectively. Now, the prince was irritated that he had to have his picture taken all the time. Honey, no, they were not interested in you. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. It's sort of a price to pay, you know. You don't want your photo taken, but you want to marry a fucking starlet who will—the whole point of which is to make your country popular. I mean, everybody loved Grace. She was huge. The was it like the, the people of Monaco, the people of Monaco loved her. Uh, the foreign dignitaries loved her. She had grace. She had poise. She had that skill of making men think she was, you know, attentive, attentive. Anywho, I'm getting mad at the thing. Oh, I want to go to the top of the mountain, but I don't want to have to climb to the top of the mountain. Well there's only one way up, buckle, so put on your fucking hiking boots and smile on the way up. So Grace Kelly always wanted to go back into acting. She was like, you know, I'll do this, but I'll go back. So Hedgecock wanted So Hedgecock wanted Grace to star in Marnie. You know, with Sean Connery. But MGM, remember them? They were pissed because she still was under contract. Uh, Although it was the entire principality of Monaco who vetoed the idea. Torch and Pitchfork style. Effectively, they didn't want to see her play a thief who was being seduced or is going to seduce uh, Sean Connery. Either way, they were not into that. They were like, "Mm mm-mm, not our princess. When the 10th anniversary, their wedding anniversary, hits, Prince Rainer asks her what she wants, and she says she wants a a, a year off. But instead, she ends up having kid number three. Oh, yeah, so, sidebar, I forgot this. Uh, Back in the USA, Grace's brother was, he basically left his wife and kids and married a trans woman. And they were happy. Uh, The media were not. But Grace effectively completely supported her brother in this, you know, love who you love, man. Grace decides to just up and fuck off to Paris. Because why get divorced when you can just go to another country? And then she boinks through a conveyor belt of younger men because sure, why not? Then it gets to a point where uh, Grace and Rainier, they actually reconcile and things start going really well again. So then as she gets older, she actually... They reconcile, her and Rainier actually reconcile... I guess old age mellowed him out a wee bit. So September 14th, 1982. And this is where it gets sombre. Grace uh, and her youngest daughter, Princess Stephanie, basically were arguing over whether Stephanie was to go to the prestigious Institute of Fashion Design in Paris or race driving school with her then boyfriend, Paul Belmondo. Now, so they're filling up the car with, you know, gowns and outfits and bags and all their holiday stuff that they had and they realized that once they filled up the car there isn't space for grace the princess and and then the driver so grace is like you know what i'll do it i'll drive it's fine instead of maybe taking some stuff out and sending it later but whenever okay do your own thing and it's basically what's supposed to be like a 35 minute drive so they're going back to monaco from their their vacation residence So, ten minutes into the journey, they're heading down this narrow, winding road. And it's leading out of the village of Litterby. They're in in this brown Land Rover, right? And she's basically, Grace has been complaining about a headache all day, but, you know. So, there's a hairpin turn, and the car basically jerks back and forth, and the sides are scraping on the mountain. And uh, so the car behind blasts the horn. Um, and there's a the next curve after it called the devil's curse. Ooh, spooky. And the car just like suddenly accelerates and to like 60 miles per hour and just flies over the edge, uh, going over treetops and rolling down an embankment and just smashes into a tree at the bottom and rolls onto a pile of rocks. So it basically crushes the passenger side door and the roof. And neither passenger is wearing a seatbelt, so... Uh, so Stephanie and Grace are just bollocked around the car. So Stephanie manages to climb out the uh, climb out the the driver's side because of the, every other every other option is just crushed, and she's like hysterical and sobbing. And the ambulance crew has to pull has to pull Grace from it. The legend is that this is the same road used in To Catch a Thief. uh it, it it's not. It's like shall we but. They actually get, like, a, like a, a a good bit apart. Stephanie basically gets gets pulled out, and Grace has been thrown into the back. This is why some people think that Stephanie was the one who was driving, because she was behind, because she got out the driver's side, but, like, there was no other way to get out of the car, you know? So, Grace gets taken to hospital in Monaco, and the story goes, uh, if, if, she, if she'd been taken to a hospital over in Nice, which had better equipment she may have had a better chance of surviving. But um by the time the doctors realised she was in the there was like how bad the brain damage was from just being smashed around the car. Like she had an irreversible coma, there was nothing they could do. After the the car was the car itself was like the Landover was like physically crushed into a metal cube and then just dropped into the ocean. Just gone any. On the eighteenth uh, Grace, Grace Kelly is buried, and the funeral is attended by the King and Queen of Belgium, the Queen of Spain, uh, the, Prince of Spieden, the, Prince, the Prince of Sweden, the uh, Prince Sweden, the Prince of Sweden, Prince Philip of Luxembourg, uh, Nancy Reagan, uh, Princess Diana, and Cary Grant showed up. When they put her in her coffin, they <laughs> they. They, they tried to cover up her head wounds with, like, this big yellow wig and it's, it's ridiculous, but Stephanie couldn't attend the funeral cause, because of her internal injuries and she was in hospital with a neck brace. And Grace Kelly is buried in the very cathedral in which she was married. And that is a story of Princess Grace from Monaco, who lived her life as well as one could, and you gotta respect that. You gotta respect the drip. I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. You're like, oh, this is really fun for quite a bit, and then it's like, oh, sad. Anyway, ah, uh, things you you should watch. You should watch. Ah, uh, effectively anything with Grace Kelly in it. You should watch. But dial in for murder. Rear Window. Ah, uh, you can watch The Country Girl. Ah, uh, to catch a to catch a thief and. Hi, society is so good. It's so good. It's so good. You should just just watch them all. It's brilliant. Um, if you're really feeling up to it, you can listen to the song Grace Kelly by, by Mika. Cause it's fun. And I am gonna I'm gonna go and adios, au revoir, and au Wiedersehen.